0: Welcome to Outside Game, the podcast. I am the host with the most, Keith Bullock, joined by my main man, Don Povia, as always, riding shotgun. What's up, Don? What's
1: up, Mr. Monday Night, and welcome back. Super Bowl week, class of 2000, representing, how was that game, everything you expected?
0: <clears throat> uh, You know what, I'm, I'm a hello. look, the game sucked. First and foremost. <laughs> I'm happy Tom Brady won. Class of two thousand represented. I just feel that um, you know, Tampa Bay would have won regardless. Their defense came out ready to play, answered all the calls. But I just feel like the refs affected things, you know, too early in the game. It's the Super Bowl, last game of the year, biggest game of the year. Let them play a little bit. You know what I mean? And if you're gonna call it, call it both sides. But those calls. And I won't go through the one, you know, I won't go through them, but it wouldn't have helped Tampa win. I mean, um, Kansas City win. It would have made it a much better game um, through that. It just would have made it a better game. But Tampa, it was Tampa's game to win. They played lights out.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, NFL has become just a year-round spectacle. There's always something going on. We just left Senior Bowl, CBS, you know, the game. Some of them got canceled in NFLPA uh, Shriners Bowl and uh, you know moving into pro days and, and combine which was again canceled So actually our guest this week want to talk about the process that guys are going through no not too far removed uh, From this process himself. We're joined by Kenneth Farrow. Kenneth came out in 2016 yes, sir. T- 2016 2016 uh, Signed as an undrafted free agent with the uh, then San Diego Chargers Uh started some games there, uh, but really has been a guy that has seen it all in professional football. Went over to the AAF, was one of the top rushers in that league before it folded. Uh, went over to the XFL, was a captain in uh, Seattle doing some good things out there. And then next thing we know, they go bankrupt. Uh, and that brings Kenneth uh, to where he is now with uh, what he started. It's called the United Football Players Association. Keith and I are both advisors on that and and well aware of that. But we wanted to kind of bring that to light and uh, talk a little bit about, as Keith said before we hopped on, what brought you here? So, Kenneth, the process that these guys are going through right now, uh, what are you hearing from them, and 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 how do you kind of use your experience to help guide these guys through?
2: You know, it's uh, it's different, right? It's it's unlike anything that probably any of us went through, get, coming out of college and getting into the league with. Uh, the COVID stuff and shut down. So, you know, when you talk to them, it's been it's been a lot of just trying to find ways to keep them focused and, and kind of really just looking at things day by day because there's been so much uncertainty for them. You know, they were going when we were at CGS and we were talking to guys. It was like, you know, they didn't know if they. they'd they'd have a game for four weeks and everyone got canceled. And then guys opting out, guys not playing, and then coming out and finding out that some of the All-Star games aren't available. And I know for me specifically, you know, CGS was a huge platform for me because I had an ankle injury coming out, you know, couldn't do the Reese's Senior Bowl. But um, this is a whole nother monster with this whole COVID kind of shutting guys out. You, you take a whole class of guys who don't have, you know, their regular pro days, their regular combines, and it's just about, you know, getting out there when you do have that opportunity, and um, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta shine, you know, on another level. And hopefully that film that you did did get throughout your college career kind of pushes you through that. But uh, they're definitely kind of in uncharted water, so being able to just give them as much experience from, you know, what we gave what, what we trying to do out there
0: so for myself um <clears throat> you know when uh you know for those who aren't familiar cgs is a college gridiron showcase it's um another you know platform for guys that don't get the opportunity to go to the senior bowl or go to the hula bowl. is there still a hula bowl
1: the Hula it's Bowl. Fun. Actually, a lot of guys went from C G S out to Hula Bowl. They're trying yeah. to take advantage of whatever. The Hula
0: they Bowl. Can so any, <clears throat> it's really, um, it's really, it's really a platform for guys that don't get invited to any games or any, um, you know, postseason, pre-draft, um, I would guess, showcases. Count- yeah, showcases. <laughs> and uh, this gives these guys opportunities to do that. Whereas, you know, Kenan speaks about C G S. Myself. I went to the Senior Bowl. So, um, you know, we saw that the Senior Bowl went on and, <clears throat> you know, it went on like like normal. I'm sure it took its precautions, but it still was on television. You saw the different guys get to get out there and showcase their talent. So I personally, um, you know, that's the space that I come from. Share a little bit about, you know, the journey that you went through. Obviously, it wasn't COVID, but look, uh, the reason you're in the space that you're in now, being an advisor, being... You you know creating the um platform that you're creating is because you understand what's missing and you've been through every step of the way so um you know i feel that is great and that's a story that doesn't get heard a lot
2: yeah you know i think uh, sure the game the game is a game man you're dealt so many different you know hands um and so, you know, specifically for my situation, I had an opportunity where, you know, the senior bowl was available for me, but I had an ankle sprain that, you know, kind of kept me out of it. And so um, being able to go to the CGS, I was there. I, I was able to talk to a bunch of scouts, um, kind of get, get in front of them and just share my football knowledge, you know, how, how I play the game, you know, recognizing defenses and things like that. Um, but, you know, as that, as that progressed and I went through that process, uh, I was able to sign with the Chargers as an undrafted free agent, and um, you know that whole process—it's a—it's a grind. You know what I mean? You go from you know not being at you know th- those bigger bowls. Um, I wasn't at the combine, and so you know it was really you get in and you gotta you gotta you gotta make your value known right away. And so as an undrafted free agent, you know all all training. I got I got the awesome opportunity to train with uh Adrian Peterson out here in Houston at O Athletic. Um guy named James Cooper, awesome trainers. And so they were kinda of telling me the whole time, like, you gotta go and you gotta make a big splash as an undrafted free agent. And so, you know, my first game rolls around and uh we're playing at, at Tennessee actually. That was my first preseason game. We were in Tennessee and uh I go out for like ninety yards, but the last play of the game I wind up fracturing the shoulder blade and mm-hmm. uh, you know miss week two week three go out there week four and he's like hey you got to get out here show us what you got like regardless and so
0: you know i'm out there
2: tore it, all, tore it all it up get out there and, and uh i go off, have like a 50 yard run and a touchdown and then from there it's just man that was a uh that was that was quite a season because it's you're trying to find your way right i got the opportunity to start a little bit towards the end of the season but you know even in my starts and even my time out there i'm playing with the bro shoulder blades so you know, in, in the back of my mind is like I'm out here. I'm getting this opportunity that an undrafted free agent needs, but I'm like at 50% with a broke shoulder blade. And so, um, man, that's just a grind. And then the next year, reconstruction of the ankle, and you know, constantly just pushing through injuries and injuries. And um, but that's a part of the game, man. And I think the guys that are able to put themselves in a mental space to get to a point, have an injury, start over from square one, and get back to that point. Um, you know, that's, what's going to, you know, eventually lead to more opportunities. And that's the only thing you can ask for when you're coming from that kind of that bottom tier level like that.
1: What sort of a kind of support do you have? I mean, is it just, like you said, toward all you up and throw you out there? Um, you know, as, as a professional player right you want to be at the top of your game obviously the team coaches want you top of your game you can't make excuses right so kind of getting out there i mean did you feel kind of on an island and hey, look this is what i got to do i got to buck it up if i'm you know if i'm going to make this team if i'm going to succeed in this league like yeah. mentally where are you at physically we just heard but mentally where are you at with that no
2: mentally you're just in i mean you're in you're in go mode you're in get it by any means like especially as an undrafted, you know, rookie, it's like the last thing you can do is step away from an a, a opportunity that's given to you. And so, you know, mental, you just kind of put on those tunnels, those those blinders, and um, you go through it. There was no way, you know, no, no chance that I was going to shy away from an opportunity no matter what the physical condition I was in because, you know, as an undrafted, you know, the, those come few and far between. So um, I think that was something that, that rookie year playing through that shoulder blade, I also got in a car wreck in week two, which was crazy, you know, to start the season. Um, but that was something that, you know, as as a as an undrafted rookie coming in, you're a younger guy. No matter who you are, when you get into the league, the number thing, number one thing you want to do is, you know, earn guys respect. And so, you know, for me, um, I always felt like that respect was. Earned just by being out there in the physical condition that I was in, as opposed to being able to go out there and, and flash and do everything you can do if you were, you know, fully healthy. And so I think that respect was gained just because guys knew what I was going through. And even at the end of that first season, you know, GM came up to me, he's, a, you know, the hell out of you, you tough as, tough as nails. And so that got me to my second year. But then, second year, you get an ankle surgery, and then it's, you know, you just got to pick up the blocks and keep moving. But it's uh, it's definitely it's a it's a long little journey to to get there.
1: Keith, <laughs> I was gonna, I just want to piggyback on that and, and get your perspective as a veteran, as a captain, right? Seeing guys like that, but even like with the benefit of you know of hindsight, um, is he doing what he needs to do? Do you expect anything more? Anything less?
0: Nah, I mean, <clears throat> look, he. he... <clears throat> put it in, he put his experience um, in a nutshell for you. You know, my experience is totally different. Each NFL, each athlete has their own experience, but, um, you know, I've seen that, you know, a guy that comes in with a lot of talent um and gets hurt and it's the end of the preseason and he has to get out there and show what he has because he's just been rehabbing and um you know kenneth said something you know that i always felt was true football is a very mental game like if you can mentally put yourself in a space to to do something um you, you'll get out there and try your hardest to do it. And, you know, obviously your body will let you know when you're unable to do it. Um, but you'll definitely do, do what you got to do. And, you know, the whole tour it thing. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that is, it th- was a thing when I was playing, we played, uh, he didn't play too long after me. Um, so, you know, I always uh, give it up to those guys uh, that, Go through the rehabs, the surgeries and all those things early and then have a a long career or or just get back out there to just keep giving it their all until they can't go anymore. And with that being said, obviously, um, you know, you you had your injuries early in the NFL and then that kind of, you know, knocked your NFL journey off a little bit, took you in another course. But the love of the game still kept you going. Um, Talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, after uh, after that ankle surgery, that was about my second year. Uh, coming off the ankle surgery, you know, you're waiting to uh, get caught up by a team. And I think I went through my third – it was going into my third year. I go through all training camp um and and get picked up by New England and that was kind of fresh off of ankle surgery. And so I'm kind of getting my feet back underneath me. Um, wind up getting wind up getting released after about 13 weeks in New England. And uh, after that I was like, man, I need to get back out on the field and just play play ball again to get some recent film. I felt like it had been forever since I played. And that's when the AAF had popped up. And so uh, that was something that I jumped at. It was in San Antonio, right down the street where from you know from where I was staying. And, and the uh,
0: AA, I'm sorry cut your AF is what was that? The American
2: Alliance. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Alliance, American Alliance of Football. So yeah, that right, was right. you know, and I was excited about that, man, because it was it was a cool opportunity because you had guys like uh, I think Heinz Ward was uh, kind of talking a lot about that. The Bill Polian was there, and it was just set up from a football player standpoint. It was it was awesome. You know, what I mean, they they really did a good job uh, from that standpoint. Um, but you know, that wind up going bankrupt and shutting down. But to get out there and to you know be one of the league leaders in rushing, it was finally like, okay, I've been through all this stuff. Now I finally feel like I did my first rookie preseason game after two years of just you know kind of hell you know what i mean so, um that definitely sparked that fire in me uh where it's like okay i can still do this i still love the game i still have fun doing it and uh, you know now we're just kind of in a different space with it and just continuing to go but um you know that 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 was kind of what got me back on track and let me know that hey i've been through you know the ups and downs and got out there and was still able to you know lead the league in one of these in, in one of these leagues and it was like okay i can still do this
1: Keep going. Now, what yeah. happened? Yeah, league folds. Where yet?
2: Yeah. So, so from there, you know, you get into. Um, I got signed right away after that league. That league folded, um, went bankrupt, and um, right after that, I, I guess that was about. This was right April, mid March. Uh, so around this time, similar, and Miami picked me up. And so I go to Miami, and you know, me and Don were talking about this not too long ago. I'm sitting there in the room in Miami, in the running back room during OTAs, and I'm looking around, and I'm the oldest oldest running back in the room. I'm like, oh, man. You know, it's only been like three three years, three, four years of playing. When are you,
1: like 25, 26?
2: Yeah, I'm 26. Yeah, 26 at the time. And, you know, it, football, you know, it's a, they say it's a young man's game, and, and time flew on that one, but, you know. <laughs> Hey, I, I get in there, and um, you know, I had a had a good preseason. But you know, they wind up kind of that whole team that I, what was that the 2018 year, 2019? That whole team kind of that's the year they kind of tanked or whatever. Everybody said they were tanking for two, but I don't know about all that. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a uh, it was an ugly situation. And so uh, I wind up leaving there, um, and then eventually hopping into the XFL. Um,
1: before before we go there, you had said something to me in the past about you knew you could get into a camp, right, or possibly make a practice squad. But at, at some point for you, you know, why are you going to go fly out there, go through all this only, you know, with, with you know, somewhat certainty within yourself that you're probably not going to make the 53, right? Okay. Well, I mean, you, you said you had that sort of in the back of your head, like I could do that or I can do this and go play ball, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, that was just at a point in time where, you know, I think, you know, like I said before, as as a football player and as you go through, as you fall, whether it's Canada, whether it's a spring league, you know, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to come out of one of those leagues like you would be coming out of college and where you kind of have a little bit of a longer leash and opportunity to make that happen, but at the end of the day, your only hope is to get into a camp and make something shake. But you know, like I said, I I got to my um, things didn't really you know go as I as I planned out to get out there and make the team. I I had a couple good. Uh, runs in the preseason game and then things just kind of went in the dark you know once the rookies start coming in you get younger guys in and you know being one of the older backs in the the room uh, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes and so um, you know like you said I got to the point where well shoot I just you know I want to get out here have some fun play some football Um, and so that's when the XFL popped up and I was one of the top draft picks for that league and You know, and that's kind of where, you know, I I made that shift to go to the XFL. And and then you start to see, you know, kind of all these these things start to happen in the XFL. And that's why you like you mentioned earlier, the United Football Players Association is something that we kind of has all come together because of these set of experiences that we've gone through um, in these spring leagues.
1: So XFL, we're seeing it on TV Every week, um, nice shiny project product. Um, you got Vince McMahon. You got that WWE flair to it. You got guys sticking the microphone in your face as you you know, fumble <laughs> and they stick a stick a mic in your face. How are you? Um, but after after that went bankrupt, after that folded, uh, a couple of you guys got together and said, look, we've we've been through it all. Guys from Canada, guys from the XFL, guys from the AF, guys from the NFL, um, and like you said, then here came the UFPA and So tell us what that is and and why you started.
2: Yeah, so United Football Players Association, you know, after spending time in the NFL, and like you said, there's guys from all over the place, NFL, CFL. um, There's, you know, vets in the league, eight years in the league that were playing in this XFL this past season. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was kind of glaring for the guys that had been in the AAF and the XFL was there was no players association. You know, there was – there was problems with beginning contracts. You know, they said a certain number was going to be going to guys and draft picks, and we'd get there, and they kind of okie-doked and, and switched up that that salary to a, a much lower amount than what was kind of set out in the beginning. And, um, you know, guys were kind of, you know, what can you do if you don't have a players' association you have no representation? Um, and then, like we talked about, you know, before, it's, it's health benefits and things like that. It's just your kind of common stuff that – If you're in the NFL, you don't really think too much of it because you think, okay, I'm in the NFL. This comes with the NFLPA. These are things that go down. And then as the spring league starts to roll out the last couple years, you realize that, okay, this has to be set up by the players, and the players really need to take part in creating this or else we're just going to keep finding ourselves in situations where we really don't have a voice in anything that goes on. We're just a part of this business plan that's getting rolled out every year. And so I thought that, you know, as we started to talk amongst each other, uh, players after the XFL folded, it was like it was it was bigger than just us. You know, guys aren't trying to get this done for guys coming in now. You look at the landscape of everything going on with COVID and and all these kids that have missed, you know, a bunch of opportunities that are usually there for them. These spring leagues become very important. You see guys like Tyler Haneke, you just signed like, an $8 million deal with the Washington football team, and he was one of the backups in the XFL league, uh, Josh Johnson. You know, there's an, all all types of guys. I think there's like 45, 46 guys that came out from the XFL and similar numbers with the AAL. So when you see something like that as uh, – As these guys start to set up these spring leagues, it's a real opportunity for guys, but also there's a hole in that player's representation when that opportunity comes up. So I think collectively that's what we're trying to do is is kind of fill that void for guys.
0: So like take me through like your experience. you go from the obviously, the NFL is one thing. You, you got your shoulder hurt, you know you go through the trainers, the trainers send you to the doctor, you get your surgery, you get your rehab. Now like in the XFL or the AAF or one of those spring leagues that you speak of, um, the process is, sounds like it's totally different if you have that same um, shoulder injury.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, one, there hasn't been an off season for either one of those leagues, <laughs> so you know there is no there is no training room, there is no off season uh, rehab or anything like that. And you know, it's my biggest thing is if you're going out and you're strapping up a football helmet there's going to be injuries involved no matter how you slice it. And so when you have guys with ACLs, guys with Achilles, guys with all these things, I mean, you're left on, you know, you're left on your own after these things went bankrupt the last couple of years. And so, you know, one of my teammates, um, fractured and fractured his neck. And so this wow. was the fourth game, the fourth game of the XFL this year, we were in St. Louis, and uh, he gets carried off on a stretcher, and then the next week it's COVID, everything's shut down, and there is no contact to any type of trainers or anything like that. And, and my guy, you know, just had a fractured neck, and now he's relying on trying to find outside sources for PT and things like that. And so it was just, you know, things like that that we're trying to Get something in place to avoid, because at the end of the day, no matter what level of the football it is, and especially if we're out there, we're playing on TV. These were, you know, highly broadcasted. This was a great platform for guys to go on and play, which is why you see so many guys make that jump to the next level. But um, if, if, if that's what it's going to be, I think there has to be things set up for the players uh, specifically re- uh, addressing those type of things.
0: So if there were multiple spring leagues, multiple um, leagues outside of the the NFL um, would this union cover every league, will you try to be the umbrella for all of those leagues? Or would you just pick one particular league and go, go, go about it that way? You
2: know, I think that's something that, you know, we just, we just got done talking about where we really have to look at each league individually because each league is going to be totally different, right? Whether it's, the amount of money they got to start it, you know, location, TV, con- all types of things. Of course, we want to be able to say, hey, if you're playing football and you're not represented by the NFLPA, we can in some way, shape, or form try to assist you in that league. But um, we really want to kind of be the, uh, I guess, kind of the spark plug for each league individually to say, hey, as players in each league, come to us and we can you know, work something out for that in- individual league going forward. Um, And that's kind of what we want to do. I don't think, you know, when we started, We weren't employed by the XFL anymore. We weren't employed by the AAF. So we weren't even a a true union, so to say. But it's been great because we've been able to get guys from arena, get guys from, uh, you know, all these other leagues to come into one melting pot. And then as you start to sprinkle out into these other spring leagues, then now we have a nucleus of guys that can start to address the problems and each not problems, but the lack of representation in each league that pops up.
1: Well, there's the representation side, but I think another strength that you've exhibited is just sort of the, the knowledge base that you've built, right? So that these guys that are coming out that are in this uncertain year, right – they don't, they don't know anything. <laughs> like, no, it, there's so much uncertainty, but you have a pool of guys from all these different places that are able to provide just knowledge and transferring knowledge. Like you said, it's not so much for you, but as the guys kind of moving forward. So as much as the on the field stuff, there's just guys that just have straight up questions about process. Like what do I do? You know, you, you mentioned CGS and we mentioned like senior ball, Keith at senior ball U at CGS. It's, you alluded to it. The guys that are on those lower end bowls or those lower end showcases are the ones that are probably going to filter into these leagues. Now, they all have that mindset that they're going to play 11 years in the NFL like Keith. But even guys like yourself that get the opportunity, um, there is that I don't want to say it's a fallback, but there is this opportunity to play on TV every year uh, or I'm sorry, every week that um that these guys are gonna have to take advantage of so i think you know the biggest thing like you said that collection of knowledge that you're able to bring the other part that i feel that you've you've been questioning and trying to figure out is that there's so much stuff like where do you draw the line of professional football you talk about your former teammate from houston's playing in japan right they're reaching out to you right you got european leagues reaching out to you the nal right national arena league which i think they stipend your travel is like what you get is that professional football? The Fan Controlled Football League. Is that a video game? Is that is that football? You know, where do where do you draw the line when these guys come to you? I mean, I know you don't want to just say go away, but you know, how do you address that issue of of, of finding that baseline?
2: Yeah, you know, that's something that I think collectively we we talked about, and we have to come to a kind of a consensus and say, hey, if if you don't meet these certain requirements as a league coming in then you can't really call yourself professional, you know. And so, you know, hopefully hopefully we can either push the needle for those leagues that aren't at that level to get to that level and just kind of let them know, like, hey, this is – if you're not having training rooms, you're not having trainers, you're not having health insurance, that's not professional. And so the biggest thing for us is we say – we understand – as a as a football player, you have to understand if you if your dream is to get to the NFL and you're not coming out as a as a top round pick or undrafted signed guy, like you're gonna have to go through some things that are, you know, gonna be tough for your journey to get there. And so I think the you can't sit here and say, hey, don't go play in that league. If that's your only opportunity, you feel like that's something that can take you make you take that step closer, then by all means go do that. But what we want to do as an association is just say, hey, here's what this league is offering, here's what it is. Everything is completely transparent. You know what you're getting yourself into. And then take that step if you want to after at least knowing the knowledge. What, what we're trying to avoid is guys going into a league thinking it's going to be X, Y, and Z, and they get there and there's none of that because that's happened you know, multiple times. And so I think that's all you can kind of do is just kind of let guys know what exactly is going on with each league that may not qualify for that professional and let them make that decision after they're aware of all the you know dynamics of the situation they'll be in
0: that's dope I think it's very important if I could say anything for you guys to these leagues that aren't established yet like you guys that have been to the NFL and seen how it's done and look we hear of guys retired guys um you know complaining about the benefits or that they are receiving or not receiving or the loops or whole loopholes and hula hoops they got to go through to to receive their benefits which is their money (laughs) you know what I'm saying um But I think it's important for what you guys are creating to keep your voice because you always have these people with money that want to get into football and start these football leagues. And if you guys are the people that they have to go through and look, these are the requirements because it's all about the players. You can't have a league without the players. So if you get these players, excuse me, to understand that it's about your health and safety first yeah the money is one thing but if these people are dangling money and they like you say not coming correct with the checks um each week at a timely fashion they're not giving you the proper facilities the proper nutrition look obviously it's not going to be nfl type but any league that wants to be sustainable these are the type of things that they're gonna have to do, and it sounds like you guys are creating that blueprint and make sure that you keep that voice and you know um, make sure that uh, these people you know come that are coming to bat really uh, do what they say. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing is that it's a group of players. It's literally player driven, right? It's not some outside guys coming in or players internally that identified some problems that are addressing those problems and trying to take care of, like you said, those those future generations. Um, little things too. I mean, we talk about the on the field stuff, a little bit about the health stuff, but even like talking about getting your W-2s back, right? Getting your tax return documents that are caught up somewhere that people don't know about. Bankruptcy claims, guys leaving tens of thousands not thousands of dollars on the table because no one let them know that this was available to them right so little things like that that fall through the cracks that you know affect a guy day in and day out
0: yeah absolutely it happens at the top level too you know there's a lot of guys that don't know how to go get their line of duty. Um, they don't even know how to start, you know, um, and obviously there are services and there are people that are out there that can, that can help you and assist you with it. You pay them a price, but at the same time, um, <clears throat> you know, I know a lot of people that have done it on their own. So it's something easy and it should be um, when you retire, or you are done with the NFL? There should be a, a A stop that you go through and it's like okay this is what you have coming to you as a veteran as a retired um, NFL player having played three years four years seven years 17 years you know what I mean but there is no space for that so that's why I think it's dope that that's what you guys are on your way to create whether you know it or not
2: (laughs) yeah yeah and I think that like you said I think the biggest thing is you know what what I've what i've repeatedly told the guys is we got to we have to equip ourselves with the knowledge that we need so if somebody doesn't tell us we don't miss out on something you know these are things as players we got to know the ins and outs of after you get done playing or or as you're going through some of this stuff just just either avoid a bad situation or be able to take advantage of something that is there for you but may not necessarily be broadcasted to you. And so just educating the guys and and making them aware of all these situations is, you know, the biggest thing that we're trying to do.
0: So how would guys um, get in touch with you, um, get some literature on on what you're trying to do? Maybe some other former players might want to get behind and support and, you know, be a part of it, sit on the board, whatever you guys need. Like, you know, then when Don presented it to me, I thought it was great because I have guys – um, that have played in, in you know, spring leagues and and in the NFL that are friends and going through the same things that you're speaking about. So, you know, I know there will be a ton of retired guys or even guys going through it that would love to support and um, be a part of this journey that you're that you're beginning on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, UnitedPlayers.org. You can go there. There's there's a join website where you can sign up to the newsletter. And then just myself personally, my DMs are open to you know every player that's ever played. And that's a big thing too. We don't, as a players association, like I said, there's guys that have played in the NFL. That are part of this that play the XFL AAF. When we look at this thing, um, and like you mentioned earlier, there's even some there's guys in NFLPA that have kind of problems with some of the stuff that goes on there Um, because this is player created, player driven. Uh, there is no outcast to anybody. We want if you've played the game, no matter what level. No, I don't care, 60, 50, It doesn't matter. You know what age we're trying to build this uh, network up so players can help players. You know what I mean? And th- that's what this whole thing is about. So unitedplayers.org. Uh, there's a join tab on there. My DMs are always open. Kenneth M. Farrell on Twitter. Um, you know that that's that's what we're all about. We want to bring everybody in this big brotherhood and be able to help guys out and. And many different aspects.
1: Yes. Yeah, talking so, about that network to, um, you know, Keith's involvement, you know, he's going to, he's going to jump on with some guys later in the month and talk about entrepreneurship, right. Is okay. Here's stuff that you can do while you're playing and prepare you for when you're not playing. And here's, here's advantages that you can take uh, things you can take advantage of. Then I want to leave you both with a question, but I want you to come at, at it from different angles for Keith, um, You know, Guys that are on that top of the draft, like you were, that are going through the next couple months, what's the one piece of advice you can give those sort of top of the draft guys over these next couple of months that maybe you didn't hear?
0: That'd be tough, man. It's not the same situation. They're, they're in, a, I don't know what they're trying, you know, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, I would just tell them to stay focused, you know, do as much as they can during this time to stay focused. Their goals don't change. Um, and control what you can control. I and mean, that's always, you know, the advice you give. You can only control what you can control, and um, you know, be the master of your universe.
1: And Kenneth, besides joining the UFPA, what what advice you offer those guys on the on the back end of the draft?
2: Um, same thing. I mean, that goes for everybody, controlling what you control. Uh, but you know, just for those guys right now, um, it's. My situation was difficult coming in as undrafted free agent. The undrafted free agents coming in right now is crazy. You know, you know, I don't know, you know, how they even are getting into to camps or whatever they do with without the pro days and without some of the things that allow guys to get in there. But if you do get in, uh, my number one thing was what what helped me stick was. I knew where to be, when to be, and I was going to be there early. You know what I mean. And so, for those guys that are coming in at the bottom, um, you got to make sure that every opportunity that's available, you got to you got to put yourself in there and go all at it because opportunities are limited right now with everything that's going on. So make sure that whether it's special teams, whether it's whatever, if it's something you never done before, it don't matter. Get out there and go do it. So, um, yeah, get out there.
1: Well, speaking of controlling things you control, we're going to control the time on this one and wrap it up this week for the outside game. So, Kenneth, thank you for joining us. Uh, look Word, forward to doing stuff, some mate. more stuff. We're going to bring you, bring you on with us. Maybe do some content. Uh, we already teased that a little bit. Uh, Keith, thank you as always, and we'll talk to everyone next week. I'm Don Povia. That's Keith Bullock. Thank you, our guest Kenneth Farrow. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. <laughs>